Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting, enchanting episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bill Haven and the boy. That is to say, Buckeye Bombast with Bill Haven and the boy. Yes, welcome indeed. Uh, and if, of course, you are in any way, shape, or form confused in any manner, <sighs> it is. Buckeye Bombast with Bellhaven and the boy. Welcome indeed with our next preview week. Uh, this week will be the Pac-12 in its entirety. The very same. Before that, though, just to hit uh, a couple Buckeye hit points uh, as we record this Big Ten Media Days this week. And so just to talk a little bit about that, as well as recruiting so I will get right into it. Didn't watch uh, a whole lot of you know the Big Ten media days. Watched some of the Ohio State clips, including Ryan Day. Listened to a little bit of C.J. Stroud and uh, Ronnie Hickman talk. Overall, you know, just like you would expect, they don't really give you much of anything, especially when asked specifics. But overall, a lot of positivity from. Ryan and the players that came uh, just about the entirety of the program, specifically from Ryan Day, a couple of points that I like that he talked about, you know, a lot of the returning experience and the talent on this team, you know, it generally did seem uh, excited about this year and the team that he did have uh, to put on the field this year, which, you know, coaches usually do that anyways, but uh, he did seem pretty excited about it. So yeah, Ryan Day seemed genuinely excited about it. He also mentioned, especially talking about Jim Knowles coming in. You know, Jim Knowles being the defensive, uh, the head coach of the defensive unit. Uh, a lot of excitement, of, you know, about him talking, of course, about Jim Knowles and aspects he's bringing to the defense, kind of that reinvigoration, if you will. As well as Ronnie Hickman, uh, also seemed really excited, and you would expect that from the players, but. As uh, an upcoming leader, you know, someone who traveled to Big Ten Media Day, someone who's going to be uh, more involved in this defense, it seemed, uh, was really excited uh, about the process, you know, different things that they're learning and will be implementing uh, as they get ready to start the year. So that was good to hear. And of course, you know, even CJ uh, and Jackson talking about, you know, just leadership roles on the team. You know how, of course, you expect guys like them to be leaders, but you know just what it meant to them. You know, being able to take that next step forward uh, and leading not only the offensive unit but the whole team, uh, even almost cocky, almost, but uh, just like CJ's confidence there, and then Jackson, you know, saying how how he wants to beat his records from from last year, his stats from last year, which were already amazing. Uh, and it probably would have to break records along the way to do that. So uh, just a lot of excitement uh, from the guys talking in Ohio State. And yeah, I mean, usually Big Ten media days, you know, the uh, season's right around the corner. So just gets us all the more excited uh, for, for Buckeye football to start here in about a month. Yeah, I think with media days, uh, you're right. That That's one of the key things for me is you're that much closer. Uh, and you have... You've gone from giant leaps to now stepping stones. You have um, media days, and then very shortly after, uh, players will start reporting for summer practice. 
so you'll hear about, you know, how buff they are when they come in and all that stuff. And then they'll start to practice, right? And then you can, by that time, you're really starting to count down the days. So for me, media days, um, they're typically just a lot of the same stuff recycled across many coaches. Typically what I look for are the characters like a Mike Leach and, uh, of course, you know, our adorable uh, Jim Harbaugh, who apparently wants to start his own orphanage, uh, you know, taking any, any babies he can, he can muster. You know, it, it, hey, come play for us. Uh, you know, uh, you can, uh, you can have babies. I'll take them, you know? So that was kind of goofy. Um, so I think that's what, what I have in, in reaction. I think the media days, um, recruiting and I, you know, I, that when I, tend to go into this time of year, I tend to ignore recruiting, quite honestly, because there's so much that can happen. And like I always say, Ohio State always sails to the top and then they kind of settle. You know, they, they, they routinely get up to number one, number two during any given recruiting cycle. And then they typically fall back still within the top five. And then, of course, Alabama leapfrogs everyone, you know, into one or two, whatever, right? So I tend to try not to think about it. But recently, though, there has been a little bit of angst um, recruits going elsewhere. Uh, those that have been crystal balled for Ohio State um, deciding to go elsewhere or even, ooh, hey, decommits, you know. And for me, it is an issue. And that, that's been the whole thing. That's what I've been focused on is this, you know, Internet debate on um, – you know, should I be worried? Should I not be worried? Oh, don't worry. We're still like the number one recruiting class. What are y'all worried about? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And so that's the debate back and forth. And so I honestly tend to fall on the side of a slightly negative, to be honest. And that probably doesn't surprise anyone. Um, because it seems to be happening at the key spots that we need on the defense. Right. And I've said before, and, and yeah, this shouldn't be new to anybody. This is not like just me throwing out an opinion. I've said this quite often. We are our best. We win our national championships when we have not only a solid defensive line, but we are stout right up the middle. 2014, 20-2, uh, right? The things that were the, the key differences between those two years and 06 07 is right there in the middle of that defensive line. Ohio State, even though they're the best in the conference year in and year out, what they don't do very well is recruit that middle defensive line. And in peace, some of the recruits that have chosen to go elsewhere are not all on the defensive line. Some of them were, but. It just cascades. You know, that's why it's paramount if you're not that strong in the middle that you have to be ex- even better, uh, you know, in, in, in your linebacker in, in uh, secondary depth, right? You have to be that much better uh, to, to basically supplement in some way uh, your Darth of talent in the middle of that defensive line. And so Ohio State did lose a defensive lineman. Theoretically, they lost, you know, others in the defensive backfield. I think the, the one also was an offensive lineman, maybe. Um, so it is concerning for me. You can only ha- use so many five-star wide receivers, you know. So, a- again, not only do I look at are they recruiting 
better on the defensive line, but you know, are they actually recruiting better on the defense? Yeah, uh, just a quick point to that. With you know a new, a new defensive scheme coming in, I would wager that there is some hesitation to to kind of see how uh, this new scheme looks with these you know new coaches and how it'll come to fruition in this next year. I think that may play a part, especially if, if recruiting does uh, get a lot better on the defense uh, next year if they do well. So, yeah, I agree. I don't. Want, I, I'm not going to be all doom uh, and gloom again. We are. We're going to, again this year, probably settle around anywhere between three and five. Um, and that's awesome. And who wouldn't want to be us, right, Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, quick side before we get into the preview. Did you hear any of uh, Mike Leach's uh, big uh, SEC media day speech? No, what was funny about that is I went out looking for it. This was just after uh, SEC days, and so I go go on YouTube, think, okay, maybe we'll just have a Mike Leach segment, and I find one, and I start listening to it, and, and then I realize it was from last year. <laughs> so uh, I then didn't have an opportunity to go back and, and listen, but I, I, I really want to because he's awesome. Yeah, th- this one was pretty funny, and he was prompted uh, to, but he quickly got into his favorite Netflix recommendations. <laughs> what word it? Do you remember? Oh, I can't remember. I think he mentioned that he hadn't watched Netflix recently, uh, and he was recommended The Terminal List. He, he mentioned a couple shows that I haven't watched. I can't remember what they were. Probably like, historical. Yeah, documentary so if you have any recommendations, he did mention one documentary. I can't remember what it was though. Uh, he also uh, had a segment on like trick plays and uh, how he. I think he he wasn't too fond of them. I, I can't fully remember. Uh, the rest was pretty boring, but he he did have a a couple funny segments in there. I'll have to find that one because I do enjoy him. Okay. All right. Moving on to the Pac-12. The Pacific 12. Change their rules this year, which will probably go back. Well, which will be back to the Pac-10 again. Uh, so maybe they'll change their name back in a couple of years. I don't know, unless they get a couple other teams to join. That being said, we'll start with the North. El Norte. And that is the reigning division champions, the Oregon Ducks, win total of nine. You know, you look at the Pac-12, and there are a few, you know, decent to really good teams that are going to contend, probably three to four. The rest, though, really mediocre uh, to bad. And so this truly is a, a, a top, uh, you know, top of the top conference where only few teams uh, you know, really have a shot, I think. And one of those teams is Oregon. Now they do return uh, some talent, a uh, good linebacker core, which will be the heart of that defense with Sewell and Flo. Uh, they have a new head coach coming in, of course, Stan Lanning from Georgia, Bo Nix at QB from Auburn. And they are the Pac-12 North favorites again, as I think you know they probably should be. I do think they're mo- the most complete team in the division. 
you know, and they did make Ohio State's defense look bad last year, but their offense really wasn't great. Who didn't uh, make even Ohio with, State's defense look bad? <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think they'll, uh, you know, the offense is, is going to have to step up if they're going to hope to be a college football playoff favorite. Either way, uh, they do start at Georgia. We all think that's probably a loss. But they have most of their uh, big games in the Pac-12 at home. Utah, UCLA, Washington are all at home. They avoid USC. And so I think it is a, a favorable schedule for them outside of Georgia. I don't expect much from this division, and so I think they have a good year. I'm going to say either 9 or 10 wins because uh, I do think there's a couple losses in there. Um but with the rest of their uh, schedule in the league around them, I'm going to say they have a pretty good year with only a couple losses. So are they playing uh, divisional? Or are they going to just pair the top two? They, yeah, so they still play uh, their divisional uh, schedule like they normally would. They just changed the rules this year to where the top two teams are going to go Regardless to of division. So you can still uh, win your division game. in theory, right. but not necessarily be in the... Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Correct. The Oregon Ducks. Always thought that was a funny name, Ducks. But then I do look at Buckeyes and, you know, who really would have thought of that? You know, you're sitting around coming up with a, a nickname. Actually, I think it's kind of clever. It has a good ring to it. You know, Buckeyes. Um, but still, how, how the heck did they think of that one? But Oregon Ducks. Interesting year for them. Yet another coach. How many coaches is that in the past dozen years? You know, four, I think. It's quite a few. Four or five. Uh, he, yeah, what, Chip Kelly to Helfrich to, was Cristobal right no, after? Um the guy who was at someone else in Florida State can't remember his name offhand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, was Cristobal. it Willie Ta- Tiger? Tiger? Tiger, yeah. I can't remember. So Tiger, that's right. Yeah, and him, and then Cristobal. So this will be what the yeah. fifth in the past sixth, yeah, twelve years. Right. This will be the sixth. Yes, yes. So wow, you know, I mean, that's I think Ben Oregon's problem. The past few years, uh, they've been way overhyped. I've talked about it before. I'm not going to, you know, keep dwelling upon it. But part of that was instability. You know, it really has been uh, a considerable amount of instability for Oregon. And I think hats off to them because they have actually been better than mediocre. You know, for for the past couple of years, right? And over the course of that whole time frame still kept themselves alive, afloat in the conversation, right? Um, so now they got another new coach. Don't know anything about this guy. Cristobal, I did have a sense of going in that he was kind of overhyped, in my opinion. And this guy, I really don't have an opinion on him. I, I don't know enough about him, right? Obviously comes with um, you know good pedigree. He also steps into a hugely talented team. You know, it's one of the things I've continued to say about Oregon over the past few years. They've recruited very, very well, the best in the Pac-12. So they have the talent on the team, and as you mentioned, they've got some experience in some key places. So I think um, this this coach came from Georgia, right? 
Yeah. Yep. He was a defense right. coordinator. So, which is going to be interesting because I think that's was theoretically Cristobal's mindset as well, wasn't it? Yet his defenses were terrible. Yeah. But at any rate, so they'll have that mindset. They've got some good key pieces on defense. Uh, offensively, they've got some uh, Bo Nicks, right? Um, that's just wild yep. for me. He's the guy that beat him, right? Uh, a couple of years ago. So interesting. Um, I don't know what to think about them. I, I, you know, compared to last year, I tend to think they will be better. I think offensively, I think Bo Nix would like to poke fun at him, but I do think he's an upgrade. Uh, defensively, I think they'll be better than last year. Uh, so I think compared to themselves last year, they're going to be better. I don't know that I can hazard a guess on their record, uh, but they'll be better than last year. But the thing is, is I think there are a few other teams in the Pac-12 that will also be better than last year. So I'm not sure in my mind how Oregon fares. Yeah. And moving to that next team uh, in the division, the Washington Huskies, who should be better than last year, but a little bit tougher schedule. They do have Michigan State at home in the non-conference, but still a tough game for them. They do play at Oregon, at UCLA, some of the better teams in the conference. The issue is their offense was terrible last year. They bring in Michael Penix Jr. from Indiana, but you've heard our podcast before. We were not high on Penix. I no. thought he was very inconsistent. Of course, coming off an injury, I I won't expect much from him. Uh, he, I think he'll still be inconsistent. He doesn't have a lot of great skill talent around him, and so you know, I think it's going to be hit or miss like skills. it was in Indiana. It doesn't have like there is a solid defensive line. Nunchuck skills. Yeah, you know, they return a lot. <laughs> uh, but I think the offense uh, still just not there yet. And so while I think they'll get to a bowl game because I think they should be good enough defensively against this league. It's going to be another mediocre season, probably around seven and five ish. I just don't think the offense is there for Washington. Yeah, uh, I agree. I don't think the the offense will be there. And offense is not something that you fix fast. You know, even Urban Meyer when he came into uh, you know Ohio State that first year, their offense looked better, probably more because they had experience in Braxton Miller coming back. You know, because he went through the ringer his freshman year, but their offense wasn't all that great uh, till toward the end of that year. Um, so it does take some time for, for an offense defense, I think is what you start to focus on when you go into camp, irrespective of what you're doing elsewhere. And so I, I tend to think that, especially with new coaches, um, they, they tend to focus on defense, getting that defensive short. Now, unless there's some, you know, amazing offensive minded guru, so to speak, like a Scott Frost or a hype, all those people that are, you know, really hyped up for their offensive mindedness, right? Um, so I, I don't think their offense is going to be much better. And frankly, I didn't think their defense was all that great compared to years past, you know? Um, so I don't know that it steps up very much. It might a little bit, but the offense won't. And I don't, I, I, Michigan State, I think, is going to beat them. And to your point with respect to the uh, conference schedule and some of the away games they have to go to, I, I see them probably losing most of those. So I'm not very high in Washington. 
I yep. see them toward the kind of middle to bottom. Yeah. Next we have Oregon State, a team who's stuck around the past couple the of years. Uh, Oregon State, looking at them, they remind me, uh, they're very similar, I think, to Maryland this year where they're they're going to have a pretty good offense uh, over the years. They built up their offensive line solidly. Their QB played defense for, or their QB played decent for them last year, and he's coming back with experience. And they made their first bowl game in a while, and so I think this offense will be kind of high flying, uh, you know, a little bit more aggressive. Uh, but their defense has, has been pretty bad. I don't expect that to change. And they do play USC at Utah. You know, Boise State, Fresno State in the non-con, which could get iffy. So uh, definitely see some losses on there, but I do think they have a chance to make a bowl game. Uh, I think it be fighting hard to make that bowl game, but uh, they, they you know, seemingly like Iowa find a way to uh, upset a team they probably shouldn't uh, the past couple of years. So uh, look for, for a decent kind of build-up season for Oregon State. Yeah, for Oregon State, uh, it's fitting that they've played Purdue recently because, to me, they are the Purdue of that conference. Um, by that, I mean a, a team that kind of middle of the road, striving for a, a bowl game, and can knock off one of the better conference foes at the right time, but then turn around and just get rocked <laughs> you know, the next week. Uh, and then get into a dogfight with a bottom dweller, you know, that's Purdue, and that's the Beavers. And I see them doing exactly that this year. Okay. Uh, the next three teams are just going to kind of run through real quickly, um, more of the bottom teams of, of the Pac-12, and I think they will probably continue to be that. You have California this year who gets a tra- who gets produce a Jack Plummer in uh, as a transfer quarterback and didn't do all much at Purdue. Don't expect him to do much at California. Uh, tough, tough schedule at Notre Dame at at USC. Uh, they do play UCLA out of, out of the other side. Offense has been bad past few years. Don't expect that to change. They lost a lot of defense in this year too. Probably looking around a four one team this year. Washington State, do think they have a chance to make a bowl game. They have a solid defensive line in secondary coming back, a little bit more depth, which I think could help them win those kind of bottom-tier games in their conference and get those wins they need. But they do play at Wisconsin in the non-con, at USC, and Utah on the opposite side, uh, not a let alone the teams above them in their division. So I think that's just a, a tougher schedule, plus a, a new head coach. Uh, uh, it just lines up to to be uh, pushing hard to to make a bowl uh, type season, and then Stanford, you know, three straight losing seasons, have a tough schedule. Just haven't been able to recruit solidly the past few years, and they've just been schlacked because of it. The QB uh, play has been lackluster recently. Sucks suspect line play on both sides. Uh, defense was terrible last year. And, you know, like we talked about Northwestern's offense, you know, probably will get a little better, but how much does it really improve? Uh, probably a three to four win team again this year. So I expect California and Stanford to be the bottom two. Probably Washington State uh, 
and Oregon State kind of battling it out for those next two lowest spots. Yeah, I, I think mine would be very similar. Um, uh, so I don't know that I'd fuss with the order. I'll just kind of speak to the teams. Um, I do think Washington State, of those uh, remaining three, is the best, best of that group. Uh, in fact, I do think that they might be this year better than Washington. Uh, I think Washington probably has a better future. Uh, but Washington State, I, I think they'll probably be a better team than Washington this year. Um, Cal, yes, I've been high upon, on them, you know, the past couple of years because, like, a few years ago, they were good, <laughs> or, or or they were surprising, I should say, and seemed to be trending upwards, and then they were just returning everybody, um, but each time they've kind of failed, and so I see them failing again, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't think that... Um, Purdue transfer is what I would call infusion of talent on an offense that was terrible. So I think they'll continue to be terrible. And Stanford, uh, you know, I said a while ago, I think Shaw uh, was was way overhyped when he first came on. I think he was riding a wave. I'm not sure if you want to call that a hardball wave or whatever, but he was riding a wave. Um, just he had a couple of decent years, but really has been going south and I don't, I don't think Stanford is going to return to anything better than mediocre until they get a new coach. So I think they'll be down there as well. And that was it, right? Washington State, Cal, Stanford. Yep. All right, moving to the Pac-12 South. We have a few teams who are going to try to compete to get to the title game this year, all with similar win totals, that being USC, the defending champion, Utah Utes, and UCLA. We'll start with USC, uh, of course, the team that's you know supposedly bringing a lot of invigoration back to the program with Lincoln Riley coming in, a slew of, of transfers from different, uh, from different schools. Notably, Caleb Williams at quarterback, and you're pretty much just making a wholesale change. Uh, and they definitely have a lot of talent. You know, we saw that come to fruition for Michigan State last year in a couple key spots. And so, you know, can those can that kind of same thing happen to USC? I mean, they're they're in a conference uh, where they probably uh, could have a really good year like that if everything came together. And I think the offense. Uh, definitely will be better. I do think the talent is there. You know, the only question is none of these guys have played together. How quickly, you know, can they kind of get into a rhythm uh, and play through the schedule? Uh, definitely concerned uh, about the line depth on on both sides, which, you know, no matter how much talent you have, you know, depth is really important. And I think that could be the ultimate thing that hinders them possibly from getting to a conference title game. I know a lot of people are, you know, wanting, making this team out to be a playoff team already. And I just don't see that. I think there's just too much unknown. You still have to recruit well, and USC has not recruited well over the past years. You still have to have a foundation in place. And while they have some, I just don't think they have enough uh, for that talent to come, come in and, and just take it to that next level, if that makes sense. And so. I think they're going to play a lot of mediocre teams that they'll exploit. 
and they're going to have a better Which season. Which would be the entire Pac-12, wouldn't game, it? But, right. <laughs> uh, and so I think they have a chance, definitely, to get to the title game. Uh, but I'm thinking maybe you know nine, nine to ten wins. I de- definitely think there's a couple losses in there. They're not a playoff team this year. Yeah, I don't think they're a playoff team either. I think um, if they somehow were, they would look very much like the worst Oklahoma team in the playoffs. Um, He's assembled a super group on offense. He really has. And and I think that's why a lot of people are excited about them because the Pac-12 is the worst of the Power Five, what what we still classify as the Power Five conferences. It's the worst. ACC's close, but the Pac-12 is the worst. Go look at the data from last year, and man, is the Pac-12 bad. And so, basically, USC, you could just change the logos. You, you, you could have stayed in your Oklahoma uniforms, is what I'm saying. Because then USC this year will look almost just like Oklahoma the past few years. Really good offense. In fact, likely to be the superior offense in the conference. But a mediocre to bad D. Uh, Grinch is still the defensive coordinator. They were only marginally better under him. They did get better. I will allot for that. But it wasn't much better. And he was still getting rocked. So that's going to be that same type of defense that they're going to have over in the Pac-12. And USC didn't have a defense in the first place. That was their problem last year. Their offense wasn't bad. They were just, you know, certain miscues and in misfortune. Uh, but their defense was bad. And it's still going to be bad this year. But that offense is going to be really good. And that's what makes it intriguing because I think you're right. I don't think, you know, especially year one, how well do they all adjust? We've seen a lot of rock band supergroups, and sometimes they're only eh, you know, because they just don't gel. Will the will this supergroup gel, and will they pick up Lincoln Riley's stuff? And I think they will because a lot of them come from Oklahoma uh, quickly enough. Um, so I do think that they likely will make the conference championship, but I don't see them making the playoffs. Gotcha. Fair assessment. Next up, the defending Pac-12 champions for the first time, the Utah oh, Utes. The, the two what? Interesting. The, the what? You didn't get my Cousin Vinny reference? I didn't hear what you said. Well, you said the Utes. And I said the two what? Oh, you said the what? Oh, yeah. The judge. Gotcha. You were supposed to say, sorry, youths. Okay, bad joke, prolonged, far too long. Go on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Utah actually projected as favorites along with USC for the Pac-12 again this year, and I definitely see why. They return rising at QB. They return most of their wide receivers besides Covey. Even though they lost their center, they still, will still have a decent O-line uh, and the depth there. The only thing on defense that they really are replacing is that talented linebacker core. Uh, a couple of those guys that were really good, but they'll still be solid on the defensive line and in the secondary. Uh, Utah, especially with their head coach, is always physical. The tough part is they go to Florida to start out the year, and even though not high on Florida this year, 
It'll still be a tough place to play, especially first game of the year at UCLA at Oregon, who, you know, they have had their number the past couple of years. So definitely could be some losses for this team, but with all they return, how physical they are, uh, I do think they will remake the conference championship game. Uh, may have a couple losses. I do not think Utah is a, is a playoff caliber team, but uh, I think they will definitely be in contention again for the title. Yeah, Utah is kind of a Georgia light in reference to, to last year because they always have a good enough offense, and last year Georgia finally had a good enough offense. And then, yes, relative to the Pac-12, they always have a very good defense. They're going to have a very good defense again this year, and that's going to be the bulwark against USC. You know, that that's that's going to be that Iowa State game, so to speak, that um, has tripped them up at, when he was at Oklahoma. This would be very similar. You know, Utah, better team than than Iowa State, but just that, that idea of the plottingness on offense sometimes, but then striking when they can, and then just holding you with their defense, which they can do uh, against USC. Um, and then again, relative to the rest of the Pac-12, they they should be better this year than they were last, and they were the best in the conference. I do think on the flip side, I think they get a little more credit um, than probably they should from the Ohio State game um, because I genuinely, and that's not because I'm an Ohio State fan, I genuinely believe the game was that close and Rising did what he did because of Ohio State's defense was so bad. Um I mean, didn't like a backup quarterback come in and first play, throw a touchdown on Ohio State? So um, I don't know that Rising is going to be all that great, but he's probably going to be good enough. I do think Utah will win the conference. Uh, but to your point, there are going to be losses probably out of conference. And that Florida game, that'll be interesting to see because Florida is not the Florida of years past, but a very good, um, talented SEC team in the Deep South. You're coming all the way over from Utah. Um, if they go in and snatch a nice victory out of Florida, to use your words, I think that bodes well. Most definitely. And if, yeah, if they do beat Florida, I think it will set them up very well uh, for the rest of the season. And maybe, maybe they will play well enough to... Uh, maybe only have one loss or be undefeated and, and make the playoffs. We'll see. But next is UCLA. Uh, their win total is eight and a half, I believe. And this is, I think, Chip Kelly's fifth year, but uh, still returns quite a lot. And I think the schedule is well, goes well for him, too. They have a cupcake non conference. Uh, you know, offense should be. Octane, they return their uh, three-year starting quarterback, uh, Chardonnay at running back. Uh, they do they, had, they did lose a lot of wide receivers, uh, lost a lot of experience there that they're going to have to replace. So that's definitely, uh, in, you know, iffy. And they did lose uh, D-line experience, I believe, as well. Even though they did get a lot of transfers, so I don't know. You know, I I think you know, will it be enough? 
I think because of their favorable schedule, I think they're going to have a pretty good year. I think they're going to compete for uh, the division. I just, I don't know if, you know, the physicality is there from, you know, if the, if the line play will be enough to get them over that hump because if they want to get there, they're going to have to beat Utah, Oregon, USA. They're going to have to win at least two of those three games. They play all of them, and I just don't know that they'll be able to. So I think they get nine wins, uh, but they just miss out on the title game this year. Okay. So you know I love me some UCLA. Uh, I've overhyped them the past few years under Chip Kelly. And last year, they finally started to look something close to what I, I thought they could be. But I think they're gonna, they are going to take a step back. Um, I mean, UCLA, by the way, they're coming into the Big Ten. And if I'm being honest, you know, I don't know that you've ever asked me this question, but if I did have a second favorite college football team, it would probably be UCLA. For, for whatever reason, I just... And I think it goes back to the fact, and I've said it on prior episodes, you know, one of my first, you know, forming moments of college football when I was um, five years old was watching the uh, the Rose Bowl, uh, UCLA, Ohio State, Ohio State number one, right? So I remember that. I remember their uniforms. I remember they're just their classic, traditional, uh, but with a bit of flair, you know, unlike Penn State or Alabama. And as long as they go back to the numerals they had, they changed them in the past couple of years, and I don't think they look as good. But I think for all of that, you know, I just like UCLA. And I'm saying all that because there's not much more to say about UCLA. I think they take a step back because of all the reasons you said. I think they will lose those three games you mentioned, all of them. Um, I think that... They're still going to be good enough to get to a bowl game because of the rest of the uh, the Pac-12, uh, in my opinion, isn't that great. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I think probably not necessarily competing for the conference championship, but probably for the division and, you know, above the middle. All right. I'll go through these last three teams here. Uh, definitely the bottom dwellers of – this division, and I think worse than the other division, Arizona State somewhat in shambles from the offseason. They play at Oklahoma State to start. Uh, bringing Emory Jones, Florida from QB, probably be about the same as their other quarterback. I don't think that really will change much. Uh, still have a bad wide receiver core. They lost their top, I think, four of seven uh Starters of experience on the offensive line lost their interior defensive line. Uh, they're not going to have the line play. They do have somewhat of a favorable schedule besides Oklahoma State game. A lot of their tougher games are at home, so they may find you know someone to upset, which may get them to a bowl game, but they'd be lucky if they do make it. Uh, Colorado... Uh, I actually am really low on. I predicting Colorado to go actually one and eleven. Oh, uh, they have a tough non-con. I think they you, could. Who are they going to? They could lose all three games. Who are they going to beat? Is it? Do they have like an FCS team they're playing or something? I don't. I forget who their other, who their third. But they're good. They play at Minnesota. They play Air Force. I think they're going to lose both oh, of yeah. those. 
I have to look. I will have to look up to thirteen, but I think they could lose that third non-conference game as well. They might get one in conference or that one non-con, but uh, I think their offense is going to be about the same terribleness as it was last year. Uh, same with the defense. I just think they're just going to get shot upon this year. And uh, Arizona, I actually think they're going to go over their win total. I think they're going to get three this year. Uh, but they do have a tough non-con at San Diego State. Mississippi State, they'll lose. Even North Dakota State, they could get, but uh, don't count out the bison. You know, they somehow get an upset win, but uh, I still think they're going to be the worst in the Pac-12 in terms of defense, even though they return experience. So, yeah, some bottom dwellers there. Don't expect much change from really any of those teams. Yeah, um, I, I do think Arizona is on the ascent. Um, and, and part of that is again relative, uh, because Colorado, the day they hired Carl Durrell, I mean, come on, it, you knew that they decided, hey, you know, we don't really care a lot about football at Colorado anymore, and it's going to show. They are going to be the worst team. I would be surprised if they won any games. Um, Arizona, I think, will be better. It's hard for me to say which one of the two Arizonas will be better uh, because, yeah, it's looking really bad for the Sun Devils. Um, Herm Edwards, he's the type of guy that I think can motivate a team, but with the way things are going, it's only going to motivate for so long, and then you know the, the little pin's going to come out of the wheel, and the wheel is just going to go flying off and that thing's going to go off the rails. So they may do well at the beginning of the season, but by the end of the season, they will be begging for somebody to put them at the bottom. (laughs) Probably. So to sum it up, I have the conference title game with Utah and Oregon in another rematch, I think Utah will be 10-2. and two. Uh, Oregon, I think, probably will be 10-2 and two as well with one conference loss because I do have them lose to Georgia. I think Utah's going to get the head-to-head win over USC to get them into the title game. Uh, they have that one at home. And so, yeah, uh, it's, it's hard to pick Utah or any team, especially in the conference, to have back-to-back uh, title wins, but I, I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to pick Utah to win the title again this year. Like I said, I don't think they're going to the playoffs, but uh, I think most likely uh, another Rose Bowl appearance with a conference title from the Utah Utes. All righty. To sum up... Stay the course, thousand points of light. Anything else wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Utah, USC. Uh, Utah just having more balance offensively, defensively, having been there before. I think they're going to win against USC. They'll win the conference, like we both said. Don't see either of them as a playoff team. That'll put them right smack in the Rose Bowl Um, against... Who? That's going to be the interesting, right? Uh, going back to our Big Ten predictions, uh, what did we say? Uh, I think we obviously came out with Ohio State, but um, you said Minnesota, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, I think 
I did. I think that would be a fun matchup. Ohio State, or uh, Utah versus Minnesota. Who did I say? I don't even remember anymore. I think Meat Chicken. Oh, for the Rose Bowl? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I guess what I'm getting to is I think Utah can definitely win it uh, next year because it's not going to be Ohio State because they'll be in the playoffs. Absolutely. And so what the boy is saying is that you have been regaled once more with a magnificent episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bellhaven and the boy. Indeed.